0: they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It's probably the most famous account of the Christmas story in the Bible. And I was recently talking with a friend and I asked him, what's, what's your favorite part of the Bible's Christmas account? And he said that what I just read to you from, from the Gospel of Luke. And when I asked why, he said, because the shepherds were nobodies. The shepherds were nobodies. And that's true. They weren't, they weren't popular, they weren't well-known, they didn't have their own YouTube channels, people weren't coming out to see the shepherds, shepherd their sheep. They were, they were nobodies. And yet, of all the people on the face of the earth, throughout history, that God could have chosen to give the first announcement of the birth of the world's Savior to, He chose the nobodies. And we're going to be looking at this section as we go through this week. It's uh, this wonderful Christmas week and I hope it's a great week for you and that your Christmas celebrations are more meaningful than they've ever been. We'll be looking at so many different aspects of this, but I want to start with this thought today. This thought related to the shepherds and why God chose them. That he chose them to receive the first announcement of the gospel is great news for anyone. But especially for those who have ever felt unnoticed underappreciated or invisible to the people in this world around them. Christmas is the reminder and this announcement to the shepherds is God's reminder that God notices you. That God sees you. That you're not invisible to him. That Jesus was born because God loves you. Yesterday, we read the well-known account of the angels appearing to the shepherds and announcing the birth of the Savior of the world. And when the shepherds heard about this great announcement, they said, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And then these nobodies, who suddenly felt like somebodies, they rushed off to Bethlehem and they got to the place where Mary and Joseph and the baby were. And based on most pictures that you see of this scene, they get to the iconic scene of Mary holding the baby. And her hair is always so perfect. in all the pictures that you see, I'm so glad her stylist was able to work on Christmas morning. And, uh, and Joseph, he's just calm and happy. Kind of overseeing the whole thing with this nice air of confidence about him. Like, yes, this is exactly the way it was supposed to be. But I don't know if they really felt that way. You know, the, uh, the shepherds, they were given some detail about what they would find when, when they saw the baby. You will find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. But the angels didn't give any details about what condition Mary and Joseph would be in when the shepherds found them. Didn't give any details about, they would, about what they would find Mary and Joseph doing when they found them. So we really don't know. But people try to guess. There's a, there's a German artist by the name of Gary Melkers. He was born, uh, he lived in the 1800s. And he was well-known for painting pictures that were supposed to give like a glimpse of real life. You know, for example, there's a, there's a painting of his titled, The Sermon. And uh, his painting of the sermon isn't of a pastor preaching a sermon in the front of church. It's a picture of a little girl who has fallen asleep in the pews. <laughs> because apparently back in the 1800s, that happened in church. That so preacher, Preachers would go on and on and people would fall asleep in the pews. Not that that happens today at all. Um, but there's a, there's a picture of, he wanted, uh, he wanted to picture, paint the manger scene. He called it the nativity. And it's interesting because in his picture, Mary isn't holding the baby. The baby is on the floor in a manger. And Mary doesn't look happy at all. She's laying on the floor exhausted and overwhelmed. And maybe for the same reason any mother would be, after going through who knows how many hours of unmedicated labor, without an epidural, without any nurses, far from home. and wondering what was going to come of all of this, but she doesn't look happy in, in the painting. And Joseph, He's, uh, he's not smiling either. He's looking at the floor, actually, at some point, past the manger. Not even looking at the baby with a look of overwhelmment on his face, maybe, because he's not quite sure what to do with this baby that he knows is not his. But he's supposed to care for anyway. And maybe wondering why not one single relative in this town that he apparently descended from was kind enough to come and help them. Or wondering exactly when he's going to be able to get a job in this new place so he can start to provide for his wife and this child that wasn't his to begin with. I think that painting says quite a bit about maybe what was really going on in the first manger, in that first manger scene. That they were overwhelmed. And maybe you are too. As you get into Christmas week. Overwhelmed. Maybe, maybe it'll go exactly the way that you were hoping and planning. Maybe this week will fulfill all of your best Christmas dreams. But maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. And yet, in the middle of of that difficult scene for Mary and Joseph, there was one thing right in the middle of the picture. And it was God. In the manger. With them. In the middle of their difficult situation, in the middle of their overwhelmment, God chose to be there, right there with them, just as he has chosen to be right here with you. Whether life is smooth and easy or difficult and it makes you feel uneasy, God is with you. That's what the name Emmanuel means. God is with us. And that's the promise of Christmas. This week and next week, for as many weeks as God gives us on this earth and then all the way into eternity, God chooses to be with you through every bit of it. On Christmas morning, Mary and Joseph suddenly had something new to do. It's something, a new item, a new task show up on their to-do list and it was, raise God. And don't mess it up for anyone. (laughs) I don't know how that compares to your to-do list this time of year, but I know you have one. It's the most common question this time of year. What are you doing for Christmas? What do you plan to do for Christmas? Uh, And whatever it is that ends up on your list, the things that end up on our to-do lists typically revolve around three things, around the three Ps. Parties, presents, and plenty of other things. (laughs) Plenty of other things. We have a lot going on, a lot going on during during the Christmas season. And that can make Christmas very difficult, as much as we want to kick back and relax and celebrate and find peace. Christmas, the Christmas season, can seem hard and long. And not just because of the things that we have to do. For some, it's hard because this is the first Christmas when someone they love is gone. It's the first time you're celebrating Christmas without them. Sometimes Christmas can be hard of the things that we wish were gone. Like, the stress and the anxiety and the loneliness that sometimes comes. Even when You can feel lonely when you're standing right in the middle of a Christmas party, standing right next to someone that you love. You can feel lonely even then. And then there are the things that aren't gone that we wish, I mean, that we wish, we wish were gone. Like, uh, the things that we are, the things that we're too good at. Like getting really overwhelmed. Or feeling really stressed with our list of things to do. And then one more thing is added to it. And And being so busy that we sometimes can't remember the last time we took a moment to step back and ask the people in our own home, well, how are you doing today? Or, What's the biggest burden on your heart? Or your biggest wound? Have you ever wondered how you would feel if, in addition to everything else you have going on in your world, with all the different things on your to do is that if God were to come to you and give you one more thing on your to-do, and that one thing would be putting the Savior of the world inside your womb? Mary and Joseph didn't have to wonder They knew. That was their reality. And because they live in the same dark world we do, because it was just as easy for them to get overwhelmed and anxious, being far from home, far away from family and friends, because of how easy it is to feel uncomfortable when you're going through so much change and in a a new place. Because they had so many of the same things on their minds that we deal with from day to day. I wonder if Mary cried herself to sleep that night. And I wonder if Joseph was glad when she did then he could cry too. And no one would notice. And no one would see it. But then, of course, the unexpected guests come in, the shepherds come in, and then everyone knew why the angels didn't tell the shepherds to marvel at anything that Mary and Joseph were doing. They told them to marvel at what was laying in the manger. It was God. And it was a reminder that the first Christmas, at least the very first Christmas, it really wasn't at all about our list of to-dos. It wasn't about anything that you or I or Mary and Joseph were supposed to do or do better. The first Christmas, at least when Christmas first started, was all about something that God did. It was entirely something that God did. And what did God do? He came to be born for you. He came to live in the middle of this dark world He came to put on human skin, knowing that one day that skin would be ripped, and pierced, and torn, and stabbed open. So that we wouldn't have to wonder anymore if God is paying attention to us. If God loves us. If our sins are forgiven. If heaven is our home. He came to assure us that God, himself, is taking us by the hand. And he is leading us home. To the one place where we will never feel overwhelmed, ever again. That's what Christmas is. Celebrate every great thing that God did. And let that be enough to give you peace on this Christmas day. I once read an account about a man who lived long ago in in a mountainous area in Europe. And he was a wealthy man who wanted to leave the town that he had grown up in, a legacy, before he died. And so he decided to build the town a church on top of the mountain. He couldn't think of a better gift to leave um, his city than, uh, than a church that was dedicated to to worshiping, worshiping the God that he loved so much. He didn't let anyone come inside the church the entire time that he was building it. He said you would only be able to see the church after it was all done. Then we would have a big open house and everybody would be able to come in all at once. And so they worked on the church and everyone was excited to see what was going on inside of it. And then finally, the church was done. And on the outside, it looked beautiful. And on the open house, everybody went in. And on the inside, it was just as beautiful. It was magnificent. It was marvelous. But as people were walking around the inside of the church, someone noticed there are no lamps. There were no lights. He he didn't install any places Turn on the lamp or light a candle or any or anything like that. And so, and so the, guy, the guy who noticed that first, he went up to the guy who, had, who built the church and he, he pointed this out. He said, there, he said, there are no lamps. Where are, the, where are the lamps? And the man looked at him and said, I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. And then he took the big crowd and he led them out to, uh, to a certain part around the church and there were a whole bunch of lamps there. And he gave each family its own lamp. And he said, these are for you. So that every time you come to church, you're you're supposed to take this lamp with you. And then when you do, the place where you sit, it will provide light. It will be a reminder of of the wonderful power that we have in this world. To provide light. And uh, when you come here, your seat will be, it will be lit. But if you're not there, the place where you normally sit, it'll be dark. It was necessary for them to bring their light. And we, we see that same principle show up in the Christmas story with, with the shepherds. That uh, when they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger and when they had seen him, we don't know how long they stayed, but it wasn't long before they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And you know what the shepherds saw then? The power of their light. They went out, these, these nobodies. These people that were overlooked by everyone. And nobody wanted to hang out with and they created joy and peace and amazement by simply sharing the news of what they had seen and what they had heard about the baby in the manger. Their light was powerful and so is yours. We are now a day after Christmas, a day after the celebration of our Savior's birth and I hope it was amazing for you. But you are a light which means that you have a job to do. Let that light shine within your own home powerfully. Let that light shine in your community. Let that light shine among all the people that you meet so that you can make the same kind of difference that the shepherds did. So that through you, God might bring joy and amazement and peace to somebody else living in this dark world that we all have experience in. There's one short little verse in this Christmas story that, that makes me wonder, at least. It's, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And I wonder what she pondered. I wonder what she thought of. We don't know, I'll have to ask her when, uh, when we get to heaven. But, it was something related to her son. A mother's love for her son is a powerful, is a powerful thing. A mother's love for their child. I recently heard a story of a, of a mom and her love, and love for her child. Her name is Genevieve. And Genevieve is almost 90 years old now. And when she was 19 years old, she was pregnant. And labor was very painful and very difficult and so difficult that she was in and out of consciousness while she was giving birth to her child. She doesn't, in fact, remember much of, much of it at all. But she does remember that when she woke up, she asked to hold her child. She was told that, I'm sorry, ma'am, your, your baby has died and that crushed her, it broke her heart. That happened back in 1949 and she never got to hold her child until December 3rd, 2018. Not all that long ago. There's a woman in Vermont named Connie that Genevieve had never met before December 3rd, 2018. And Connie knew she had been adopted. She thought that maybe, maybe her parents didn't want her or just she, you know she was unwanted but uh, turns out that wasn't the case but for Christmas the previous uh, in 2017 Connie received one of those DNA kits that allows you to trace your family ancestry using uh, using a blood sample or however it is however it is that they do it and so she did that and she wanted to find she wanted to find her birth parents and after with some help from um, from another family member she was able to connect the dots and she was able to find her mom who happened to be Genevieve Apparently, back in 1949, somebody had taken her baby. And she didn't know that. And she carried around the pain of believing that she never got to hold a child that was so close that she could literally feel her kicking. She carried that around for a lot of decades until December 3rd, 2018, when Genevieve and Connie finally met. Not for the first time, really. (laughs) But for a very meaningful time. They got to hug each other. That was a, those are some hard decades to go through. But it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful day because it was a reminder that just because we have troubling pain in our lives, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. And Christmas allows us to say the same thing about you. That whatever trouble, whatever pain you have in your life, Christmas is God's promise that it's not always going to be that way. And how do we know? We know by looking at a day when Mary, who pondered all these things by looking at a day when her child actually did die and she was not able to hold on to him. The day that he died on the cross, the day that God kept a promise to stand by your side through absolutely everything, to forgive anything that might ever separate you from the most wonderful existence that you will ever be able to find in heaven. That was the day that God kept a promise that you will never be alone as you walk through life because God himself will be with you no matter the cost he has to pay to make that happen. And that's what Christmas is. It's basically God's gracious reminder that you're going to be okay. More than okay. Because God is with us. He's with you. And he's here to stay.
1: Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Did you know that our ministry is 100% donor funded? That's a fancy way of saying that we don't receive buckets and buckets of money from the government or from any church or denomination. Instead, our ministry is completely fueled by people just like you. People who listen and watch our videos, people who give generously, and people who allow this message to spread to more and more souls whose lives are then changed. So for all of you who give, thank you so much. And for all of you who haven't given yet, we would love for you to do so. We really need your support. We want to reach people now with the good news of Jesus, which is why we need your help. Thanks for praying about that. Thanks for considering it. And thanks in advance for your support. God bless. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Thank you so much for investing your limited time to grow in your faith with us. But could I ask you for one more favor? I'm sure you're itching to check out social media or go on to the next part of your day. But you could do a huge help for the kingdom of God if you would rate and review this podcast. Just taking a few seconds of your time will help other people to find time of grace, which matters so much to us because we want people to hear about grace, to hear about Jesus, to hear about eternal life. So thanks for taking a little more time. We pray that God blesses you with a great day. And we'll see you soon.